Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with the ECS DNA kit by Endocana Health. If you take pride in your canna nerdiness or are just canna curious, this kit empowers you to find more about the best cannabis choices. Right now, you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com using promo code POD25. Your purchase includes the Endo DNA Collection Kit, Endo Decoded Report, personalized cannabinoid and terpene suggestions, and Endo Align products matching in your state. There will also be suggested dosage guidelines and optimum methods for inhalation or usage. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a buy one, get one offer on their Afika Soft Gel lineup. And since I know that many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afika Unwind, created to support health sleep cycles using patented proprietary formulations of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are in your future. Buy one for yourself and get one for a friend at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at the checkout for 25% off your DNA test kit. Every patient that came in to see him was asking about CBD. Like, I wish I knew more about CBD. And I was like, well, what do you want to know? He was excited. And then I made him a little chart with all the drug interactions. And he was like, oh my gosh, I didn't know CBD was such a potent inhibitor of 2D6, blah, 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 blah. Mm. is the Cannamom Show, a podcast chronicling the inspiring stories of real women in the emerging cannabis industry. Your host, Joyce Gerber, mom, lawyer, political activist, has been speaking with women from coast to coast and around the world who are leaders in the revolution of cannabis and caregiving, continuing on her mission to lift up the stories of the women creating the cannabis industry by sharing their canna stories with you. So go make yourself a cup of tea or roll yourself a joint, sit back, and learn something new about this magical plant on The Cannamom Show with Joyce Gerber. From the Tip O'Neill Studios in North Cambridge, Massachusetts, it's The Cannamom Show. Now here's your host, Joyce Gerber. We are back talking about caring for and giving voice to women in the emerging industry, one can of story at a time. I'm Joyce Gerber, and Dave, we got a really big show today. Jam-packed, full agenda. Jam- yeah, so no, not too much chit-chat, but I am going to talk about me okay. for a little bit. <laughs> well, let's do that. So as you all know, May 1st, we are going to be launching our first Keep the Cannamom Conversation Going crowdfunding campaign, and for you listeners and Supporters, we have some great rewards, including signed copies of the award-winning Courage and Cannabis Anthology, the Cannamom Show swag bag that will include a mug, a pot pocket, a lighter, and maybe some other special surprises. Or you could meet me and my husband and take a historic tour of Tip O'Neill's North Cambridge. Who wouldn't want to do that? Or you could even learn to make your own t-shirt quilt with me. So it's happening. It's coming May 1st. Love it. On my calendar. Yeah. On your calendar, look at it. And of course, April 30th for my Boston friends, we are holding a high tea, three to six in South Boston. Tickets are on sale now. You can find them on my LinkedIn. They're on Event High. And um, love to have you. Love for you to hang out with us or anybody in the Boston area who wants to support us, give me a call. High tea is the best kind of tea. It is the best. We're going to have real tea cups and saucers. Oh, cool. Classy. Classy. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Tea And maybe roll your own joint contest. I know. I haven't decided yet. So there you go. It's going to be a lot of fun. (laughs) Possibilities are endless. Endless. Yes. So in addition, I said we have a big uh, day. In addition to today's guest, I'll be speaking with Tracy McCaffrey, the founder of CryoCure. It's a revolutionary drying system that dries and cures cannabis in as little as 24 hours, which is pretty amazing. We met a few years ago, pre-COVID at NECAN, so I'm looking to catch up with her. Excellent. I think that's it. So before we jump right in, I would want to thank today's sponsor, Northern Specialty Health Provisional Center in Michigan for making today's show possible. All right, here we go. Today's guest, she is joining us from South Carolina, and she is using her voice to influence and create the emerging cannabis industry in her state. She is a pharmacist licensed in Arizona and Florida and South Carolina, 
and is the owner of Healing Leaf Health and Wellness in South Carolina, where she provides education, medical insight, and quality products for her community. Brought into cannabis through her own family's medical needs, she stays because she provides a safe access for patients and caregivers in South Carolina. We met on Clubhouse. This is actually going to be an entire month of Clubhouse people, so she's the first. And I'm overjoyed to speak with her today and share her humor and medical insights about the emerging industry in South Carolina and the pharmacist perception. Please welcome to the Cannamom Show, Dr. Jennifer Kovacs. Welcome. Hi, Joyce. Thanks for having me. Welcome for having me. All right, let's, let's start. So you are in South Carolina, not the friendliest state to come. You're in the medical world, your healthcare, you're convincing people. So what actually brought you in? What brought you here to this moment? So the long and short is my mom, a retired registered nurse, started researching CBD products about four years ago for her SLE lupus. She was a late life diagnosis, you know, in her 50s and, and never you know, had no idea, which led to other autoimmune things that she has, you know, fibromyalgia, sorgens, rheumatoid arthritis, you know, one autoimmune thing tends to follow another. You don't just get one diagnosis. My dad also has spinal stenosis. He was actually born like missing vertebrae. He didn't know that till his mid thirties. And he never even actually started using pain medications. He's 71. So he started actually using pain medication probably within the last eight years because he just kept suffering. And then finally I spoke up and I was like, dad, I was like, if anyone, you know, should use something like this to help mitigate your pain, it should be you. And by this point, you are a pharmacist, so you know what you're talking about. Yeah, and I was encouraging (laughs) him to please use the pharmaceuticals, but he said, you know, his, he kept saying, well, you know, pain doesn't hurt. It's in your mind and, you know, the pills are going to wear off. So, but you know, you can, it changes you, you know, pain is something that changes your personality and, you know, obviously your quality of life, but even how you interact with your loved ones. So when he's having a really bad day, you know, I would literally go get him some carisoprodol, some Norco and a Flexorail, and I would be making him a cocktail. And I'm like, here, wow. take this because you're really grumpy today. I was like, are you hurting today? And most people don't think to ask that question. You know, are, are you that's, hurting? That's interesting because I talked I talked to Nikki Lally last week and we talked about how once the pain went away, it was the pain that changed her personality. That's so interesting. All right. So your family is suffering. And what did you know about cannabis then? You know, very little other than, yeah. you know, I mean, I knew, obviously, you know, that people, you know, are using it illegally. You know, at that point, it's just more of a recreational thing. Okay. Yeah. It may help glaucoma, but, you know, from a pharmacist perspective, I mean, they don't. I didn't learn much about the endocannabinoid system. Did someone tell, tell you anything at all? Um, you know, we did have, you know, we did have a pharmacology class that did entertain it, but it, it was more, it's very scientific to where, well, rats will bar press for this. You know, oh. that was the study. <laughs> a lab animal will, will, will like this. It will bar press for this. That, that was not, it. Not, not like it could help with people's inflammation, which causes pain. None of that. Not at all. Not at all. Th- that, okay. that learning came on my own and, you know, like I said, since, you know, when things became legalized and I thought, you know what, this is something I want to learn about. But I mean, I was that child of the eighties with everybody, you know, the whole, just say no. And, you know, if you, if you were associated with any form of cannabis, then, you know, you were, you, you were not a savory member of society, let's say. Exactly, and, if you yeah. wanted to be, and if you wanted to be a professional, that was not who you associated with. That was not the type of herbal products you engaged with at all. It was just a big no, no. Exactly. All right. So your family's not feeling well, you're a pharmacist. And then how did you sort of discover that CBD might be the thing that helped the people you love and then kind of move forward with your business? So my mom had started to ask me questions about CBD. And I said, mom, to be honest with you, I was like, I, you know, you know, you hear buzzwords and it was starting to take off. And, you know, the labeling still wasn't, was still kind of sketchy, you know, in 2019. Um, it's still sketchy. Are you kidding? Yeah. It is, but it's changed a lot. It's so, better. And that's what actually prompted me to form my own line of products was because my mom went online and was doing her own research, bought like five bottles of random products that she thought would work. I came over to her house like one Saturday afternoon and she pushed the bottles at me and she goes, okay, pharmacist daughter. She's like, what am I taking? What's in here? What's the strength? What's the dose? And I started looking at the labeling and the bottles. Some of them were very good. 
and you know she's like this one works this one tastes like dirt this one has stuff floating in it i mean like she she just kind of laid it out for me and just and everyone knows that she, you're not you're not talking you're not talking about thc you're literally just talking about cbd products that cbd products which is right. a whole nother market when i always talk about this don't get it the you know, gas station, and you basically need to know your farmer. So, or your pharmacist who's making it. So, right, getting and a lot of random products. The two companies that she said worked are actually. I mean, now that I, you know, I've been in the space for a little while, you know, I know that they're legitimate, good companies that do the testing, and you know, mm-hmm. their farming practices. And it's just interesting how you know that that always that always follows through, right? Like exactly. You said, know know the product, know where it's grown, understand a little bit about it, what questions to ask. Yeah. So yeah, three of them were garbage. Hindsight being twenty twenty, I should have kept the bottles and sent them off for testing. Oh, but you know, I, yeah. I, I didn't, you know, I didn't think of that then. And she said, and she just looked at me. She's like, well, now you know what you need to do. She said, people, if you're going to treat it like medicine and it's going to be over the counter like this, the labeling needs to be clear. They need to understand it. And you're a pharmacist. So you understand the drug interactions and it, it just something clicked in my head. I was like, yeah, I, I could. So, so your family was encouraging. Yes. Yeah. My mom was especially. Yeah. My mom. And, and you know, what's funny is they never, you know, neither of my parents were cannabis smokers. You know, my father tried it once when he was in college. He's like, I didn't like it. I never, never picked it up, whatever. I tried it. My mother had really never tried anything, not even CBD flower until I bought it for her Okay. to try, even though she's like easily a two pack a day smoker all my life still smokes. I mean, she knows better, but she still smokes cigarettes. You know, I was like, I'd rather you smoke cannabis. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're trying to make that switch, but it's hard. And, and I, you know, even myself, I mean, yeah, of course, you know, everyone dabbles or tries things, but I was not what you would consider, you know, an everyday, you know, or every week, every month. I mean, you know, it was just like on occasion, you know, right. it was, it was not something you were in. And plus I, I, you know, I, I get drug screened all the time. Oh, like, sure. Const- constantly. And you're in South Carolina. All right. So the, a lot of weird stuff is happening. So that's your kind of personal story. And you do have your own products, but you're also involved with the political level, which is kind of interesting. So right now, South Carolina, Bible Belt, I'm sure they're not that excited about cannabis. I know they just passed Senate Bill 150. Is that one? And you've been helping. Yeah, is that so- the medical? So that's what you're working on. You're- so what are you doing in South Carolina and where are they in terms of legalization of any kind of so cannabis. February, so, so it's been eight years since they wrote <laughs> the first compassionate bill eight years ago that Tom, Senator Tom Davis, who's in a low country, has been working on this bill. And, and so you have no medical of, program. Do you have any medical program? They, they have a compassionate bill, but it is is very, very strict. And, and it's it's not necessarily still it's still 0.3 percent. You know, it's not like they're getting more percentage of THC. Okay. So you basically know there's no cannabis and you have hemp flower cbd correct flour. okay correct right. yeah and and the problem with so the bill it passed the house of representatives in february and i was doing zoom calls with senators especially those that were in my voting district they both still voted no but one of them from another district was actually a pharmacist by trade so i think i at least put the bug in his ear about all right it so what did that okay, okay let's come right back up so we're talking about health and wellness we're talking about farming we're talking about all these things that are probably really good for south carolina and what are they saying is so what do they believe what do they still believe and what is their fear they're very so south carolina is very so first of all we're not ballot initiative so it has to go through the legislative process um, the second thing because that's in their state constitution the second thing is everything's very tied to law enforcement We have two organizations, you know, like the sheriff is very anti, you know, cannabis because they said they can't tell the difference between, you know, hemp flour and, you know, medical marijuana flour. So they're worried about the regulation. They're worried about diversion. They're worried about impaired driving. All things that we know with 10 years of collectively all these other states with programs, it didn't happen. You know, all those fears, it didn't happen. There's not more adolescent use. There's not, it's not leading to other hard drugs and that addiction problem. It's not leading to deep, more DUIs or more accidents or more fatalities. All those so things they, have already been. What, so what are they, when you, when you present them with facts, which don't seem to help anyone anyways, but when you present them with this information, they just dismissive. I, I just, you know, I, it frustrates me, but it's almost like this is the yeah. thing that cures all of us. So try it, see if it helps you. And then you'll have a change of heart. <laughs> Yeah. And, and the biggest thing, like what, so I just gave testimony in front of the 3M committee on Monday in the Senate because they've added amendments and now they're trying to put it on the governor's desk. It passed the house. It's in the Senate there. Re- so it did pass the Senate 3M committee last 
session, but now they have to kind of like redo it every session. I, you know, I don't really know the whole political process, right, right, yeah, yeah. how things work, but it seems like I have to go through committee like more than once. What the problem was, and I said this during, it was like seven hours of public testimony. You know, you had three minutes. You can't right. cover a lot in three minutes. No. But it did open up to questions. Okay. The problem is they keep, and I said, I use the word crossing streams. I said, I said, the problem is you guys keep confusing adult use with medical use. You know, medical, you know, medical patients are not using with the intent of intoxication to the point where they can't function. They're just trying to feel better. So, you know, they're not, they're not looking for these, you know, they're not looking for THC acetate or HHC or, you know, and the synthetics are being used here rampantly right. because that's what's allowed with the farm bill. And in my opinion, those are worse for you than the actual plant. You know, when you start well, messing every, with every, plant, everything, everything they give you is worse than the plant. So that's kind of interesting. So there right. is our argument. The children is their argument. It's a slippery slope. If we let medicinal in, then we're going to have a bunch of stoners hanging around. Like what is their little, it's definitely the slippery slope. They, they keep saying we're going to open Pandora's box and it's going to be like Sodom and Gomorrah in South Carolina. <laughs> keep in mind when I, when I moved, when my parents moved here in like the late eighties and I was starting high school, we were not allowed to wear shorts to school. It's South Carolina. It's freaking hot and humid here. You could not wear shorts to school. It was against the dress code. There were still blue laws on the states about buying liquor or alcohol on a Sunday. Some places in South that. Carolina are still dry. You cannot buy alcohol on a It's very footloose here. I mean, the, the movie, like, you know, you're, we're, it's 2022 and you, you're still living that here. All right. So um, you're, you're learning a lot about your political process in South Carolina. Yeah. So, so you're at a certain level. So you, I mean, we, I say this all the time. We need all these women in the different states who are willing to stand up and use their voice to push back against this ridiculous narrative that, continues so you're a healthcare professional you're a pharmacist you have your own line of products you speak as you speak you can present this information to political people so you are the person whispering their ears and they're still kind of scared that's really interesting all right so that's kind of where you are politically in south carolina what do you see do you think you'll ever get adult use (laughs) no no i i can tell you right now i mean it's taken them eight years to get this far i don't i don't see adult use ever happening in south carolina and in fact whenever they cite statistics it's always from, you know, there's only, there's roughly, there's a little, almost 6 million people in the entire state of South Carolina. So they always compare the statistics to like California and Oregon and, you know, even Colorado. And they're like, well, we're not, we don't want to end up like California. You know, I mean, that's all you keep hearing in the state house. Like they, like, you know, like we're some kind of little utopia here in South Carolina. And, and it's, and we have big problems. We have more, you know, carb fentanyl and, opioid issues and drinking issues you know they're trying to pass a bill right now to lower our drinking age to 18 but yet in the same breath we're talking about colleges here with the alcohol and the hazing and all the deaths you know at the colleges because of the binge drinking and what's happening i was like but but cannabis is a problem so let's go back to the university so are you working is are you working with clemens university is that in south carolina um Clemson, what, yeah, I'm, Clemson. I'm in. Yeah, I'm, well, nothing is official yet. I oh, am okay. talking with some professors there about some of my products because the point is, let you know, let's actually get some studies done, and you know, but they have to pass IRB, and I have to be very careful, you know. But topical things for arthritis and thing, no, no one's going to have a problem with that. You know, South so, Carolina so- is not going to have flour; they're not going to have home grow. They're not going to, it's going to be like a 14 day supply at a time. There's a lot of problems with how the bill has been scaled back from its original bill eight years ago. And, you know, of course, law enforcement had to get involved and, you know, the senators were like, okay, what do you want to see in this in order for it to pass? So there's a lot of restrictions, but, you know, they do, it's different from other states because they're like, well, we can do vape pens and we can do edibles and we can do topicals, but we don't want any smoking or paraphernalia. But they didn't take raw flour out of the bill. So in that respect, it's kind of like Pennsylvania where, okay, we're not encouraging you smoke the cannabis, but if you still buy the flour, you can make your own edibles or, you know, make your own topicals at home, but we don't support home grow. So there's a lot. Aren't you an agricultural state? Isn't South Carolina an agricultural state? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And and you think, and I think they've given out over... I think, I don't know how many cultivation licenses there are. I know there is, they started with 20 the first year. And now there's like probably over a hundred farmers. But here's the other part of the bill. The bill will only allow for 15 
15 agricultural people to grow. So if it's, it's supposed to be 15, you know, 15 cents, 15 farmers that can grow 30 processing, 30 processing facilities, one therapeutic cannabis pharmacy for every 20 pharmacies in the state, which would be 65 cannabis dispensary statewide for 6 million people and 15 growers. So what do you think that's going to do for the pricing? Well, it's going to go through the roof, right? So Again, the medical patients, to me, are kind of being left in the dust, and it it doesn't seem like they're setting us up for failure, in a way. All right, well, you're out there doing it out. Yeah. All right. So, but they have your voice. It's not just the police officers talking about this. We have medical professionals. Again, this is a very slow, laborious process. Women like you are changing the narrative because you're out there and you exist, and you're giving people this, and they are starting to work on this in a way that helps them. It's like these stories, like. I don't know. I think everybody needs to make up their own mind. That's kind of how I've learned life is like people feel like they have to make their own decisions. And we're just out there. We're like, for examples, we're offering you this and we want you to experiencing it. So kind of back to what you're doing. A big part of this is you're helping your patients use CBD and dosing and titration of other medications. Like, so where are you? Because you're only using CBD products. So how are you? Who's coming to you and how are you helping them? And what kind of issues are you experiencing with your patients right now that you're able to make better? the CBD products? Um, So I have a neurologist I was working with at pain management. I actually worked with him and this is when I first formed my product line and, you know, he did pain management. He was a neurologist. He used to teach at the medical university of South Carolina. And, you know, he, what, what happens is these doctors are now restricted how many opiates and what's called MME morphine equivalent equivalents they can write for. So now patients that maybe were taking more pain meds. Now the doctor's hands got tied. And now they have to write them for less. Well, the patients still have pain. So every patient that came in to see him was asking about CBD. And I kind of, I kind of whipped around. He's like, I wish I knew more about CBD. And I kind of turned around. I was like, what do you want to (laughs) know? So, and that's how that that conversation started. And then he was excited. And then I made him a little chart with all the drug interactions. And he was like, oh my gosh, I didn't know CBD was such a potent inhibitor of 2D6, blah, 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 blah. You know, and so you're talking, so so again, so back, so you're talking, so again, doctors talk to doctors, but healthcare professionals who can talk at this level. It's not like the patients are coming in and saying, I use this CBD or this cannabis product. It's working. Yeah. I found that I don't need as much of my mother medication. I just know that and they can't explain it, but you can actually explain literally what it's doing in your gallbladder or your liver or whatever it is it's doing that can impact it. So you're yeah. talking. So, I mean, I mean, and that was, that was giving it some validity that, and that's yeah. the whole point when people say to me, it's another plant, you know, yeah. I don't really have a vested interest in, you know, promoting, you know, no judgment. If you're, if you're, you know, an adult use smoker, cool. You know, it does, to me, it doesn't affect me. Right. Because when, if, if you're a real professional or a medical professional, you're not supposed to pass your moral judgment on to the right. patient. Your job is to, you know, do no harm, mm-hmm. not hurt the patient, help them with their best outcome. If that's how, you know, as long as they're not hurting themselves or someone else, you know, it's another plant and nobody should be getting in trouble for something that grows naturally in the ground by itself and really doesn't hurt anybody. It's fine. You know, pharmaceuticals, on the other hand, after 20 years of being a pharmacist, I can tell you there's a lot of synthetic things out there that are not good for you. Sometimes they do more damage than they do good. Sometimes they are very helpful. It's not that I don't believe in, you know, Western medicine. I do. But I also think there's a point in which you can merge Eastern and Western modalities to find what works for you. And And that was my whole point. I mean, my mom says, I'm sick of taking 15 pills every day to walk. Which is what the story is. Yeah, we hear yeah, it a and lot. That's when you, and that's when you start getting into other therapy options. And when people realize it works for them, and now we're now the science is coming out, right? For, you know, 2019, we didn't have these studies. We didn't have, you know, the, you know, the Arthritis Foundation supporting it or, you know, proving that, you know, this organization saying, okay, yes, it does, you know, it is stopping cancer growth or it is doing this. Yeah, so um, what are you saying? It doesn't inhibit MRSA. Yeah, so what's happening at your level what are you seeing other pharmacists talking about this i'm always asking nurses and doctors like what are pharmacists saying about this and how is it sort of penetrating through your community pharmacists are excited where a lot of them are just quiet i do see us forming an organization i mean on the board of pharmacy that there's another pharmacist that i got linked up with and he's buddies with somebody who's on the board i actually i actually graduated pharmacy school with the you know the 
the board, the pharmacy inspector <laughs> who ended up in South Carolina from Florida, who also has a okay. JD. Um, okay. And I looked and I was like, how did you end up? I was like, you you went from pharmacy school to law school and now you're doing this? He goes, yeah. So it's okay. kind of funny because, you know, he's, you know, some inspectors are scary, but when they're your peer that you actually went to school with, it was like, oh, hey, how you doing? You know, yeah. here's all my well, paperwork, you know. Well, you're at um, that level. Again, where the women should be running this industry. That's what I keep saying. And you're at that level now. You have the professional degree you have the experience you know people at a certain level and you are able to infiltrate that world in a way that's transformative really you know it's, yeah I, I just hope that those people that are in that place to make those decisions are listening as far as the full committee went because it was the full 3m committee that met not just like the subcommittee um they're supposed to be actually voting tomorrow so thursday is the actual vote okay what what they're going to do if they're going to put it on the governor's desk but it's also an election year so that always has something to you know, that might play into it Don't also. Don't people want it? Don't, aren't, aren't people voters? Don't Over, voters? I, I, at poll after poll after poll in South Carolina, it's like resounding 75 to 80% or more, maybe it was 85%, depends what poll you look at. Every South Carolinian, the majority of them that voted yes in the poll with a doctor's supervision, you know, with their provider, want cannabis as an option. They, I mean, every poll in the past eight years has been yes. So again, it's kind of like, well, give the people, give your constituents what they're asking for. There's, there's a lot of, I mean, they've made so many things, you know, felony, you know, like if now they added in the pharmacist will have to be in the dispensary, you know, the doctor will give the recommendation. They will see the cannabis doctor. They will get the card. They have to meet nine requirements. You know, like there's nine disease states only right now. They're going to form a board that can add or take away qualifying conditions for the card. And, you know, that you know, if you're a pharmacist and let's say you, you own a dispensary and you start diverting it to non-patients, it's like a felony. I mean, like it's like serious penalties for right, everybody. So you it, can't it, fake a card. I mean, it's it's hardcore. These are small steps forward. All right. So like I just talked to Nikki who got her medical card in Vegas and, you know, it's just Vegas. Nevada runs it like the way you'd imagine. Nevada is going to run this and South Carolina is going to do it the way South Carolina wants to do it. And I mean, maybe it would engage more medical people. I don't know. I think that's going to be a little tricky for, I don't know, that's going to be tricky, but um, good to know. All right. So I do have to take a break. Keep confident. We have more to talk about. We have sports teams and all sorts of other stuff to talk about with Dr. Jennifer. So right after today's sponsor is Thank, we're going to talk with Tracy and then we'll be back with Dr. Jennifer Kovac. So we'll be right back. Gratitude, hope, and action are the words that best describe the empathic business model of Northern Specialty Health Provisioning Center, NSH, in Michigan. Northern Specialty Health's empathic business model is the foundation on which their reputation as helpers has been built. They value being locally sourced and locally connected and know they've been changing hearts and minds since 2013. In addition to being the mom and pop cannabis shop that other dispensaries should aspire to be like, owners Penny and Ryan Milkey and their employees strongly support their local community as well as the greater cannabis community. One shining example is how NSH utilizes their community tip jar to support local organizations or individuals in need. NSH matches the funds their customers leave in the tip jar, and as a team, they decide where the matching community tips will add the most value. And since 2021, their community tips have been contributed to a wide range of organizations, as well as two local families who recently lost their homes to fire. If you are in the Upper Peninsula region, please check them out. Northern Specialty Health Provisioning Center in Houghton, Houghton, Michigan. We are back um, with my friend, Tracy McAfee of CryoCure. We're going to talk about her revolutionary product, which I learned about several years ago, and it's been making strides ever since. Tracy, welcome. Thank you. Hi, Joyce. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm doing great. Thank you so much. That All was right. great conversation with you and Jennifer. Thank you for everything you guys are doing in the industry. You make me feel like I'm sitting still, but I need to get busy too. Oh, you are sitting still. All right. So we met a few years ago. Stu Zakem introduced us. You had this revolutionary idea. And where are you right now? What's happening? And um, actually, where are you physically? Are you in Michigan? I'm in Ohio right now. Oh, in Ohio. Okay. the manufacturing of our new machines. We're really proud to say that we make our machines in Akron, Ohio right now, where I'm from. Woo-hoo. 
and uh, utilizing our great talent here in the area. We're a manufacturing hub and to bring our machines back from China to Ohio, it's just really great for us. And it's going great. We've been installing machines all over the country since I've seen you last. And so just um, to, can you tell people just a little bit about what it is that you're doing and uh, yeah. where where can they find this is a product that's in certain states, I assume, and not everywhere. So what's going on with the machines and who's utilizing it? Absolutely. Well, cryocuring is a modified method of freeze drying where we are able to take the plant fresh from the stalk, ready to consume in 12 to 16 hours. We've actually reduced that time since I talked wow. to you guys. Oh, wow. So, and just goes through a single burping process right afterwards. So it's, it can literally hit packaging in 24 hours. Right, and what is an, just so like people don't know, what is a normal curing time for a cannabis oh, flower? Oh gosh, it can be a, a week, two months. We've talked to people that think the longer you do it, the better it gets. You know, it's, it's mixed philosophies, but in our research and experience, that's not really the case. But it, being able to, it's really giving new definition of farm to face because you're literally able to smoke it right out of the machine. But if you have a larger amount, then you want to cure it for a few hours, just a single burp process. And then it's ready to smoke and it's light and airy on your lungs to where you're not getting that traditional cough. And patients just love that experience, especially new smokers as well. Well, that's interesting. I didn't even thought of it that way. And and just can you, again, describe what does it look, what does a bud look like when it's freeze dried? Does it look like a fresh bud? Well, there's a difference. I want to make sure this is one of my objectives is I wanted to teach people the difference. There are people freeze drying cannabis. Okay. And it looks great, but most likely they're going to be little less or a lot less terpenes and it's dry as dust and actually Mm. has the consistency of an overly dried Cheeto. But when it's cryo cured with our, and we just got our patent, by the way, I'm so proud of that. And when it's done through our process, it's going to have all of the terpenes preserved. Which is so important. Even some of the fragile monoterpenes that burn off naturally while the plant is hanging there drying traditionally, we're preserving those. So there's a terpene that I'm so excited about that we're preserving called carine, which is a bone healing terpene and an anti-inflammatory. But people have never been able to enjoy that because traditional methods, it dissipates immediately, you know, by that method. Well, by being able to lock that in and other terpenes as well, we are hearing great things from people on how it makes them feel. And it's more of a THCA state of cannabis because there's no degradation that's taken place. So there's no crash feeling really. And uh, most people say that they feel elevated and more of a functional feel, you know, not instead of in in the couch feel that people don't want. So is this the cryo cure cannabis? Is this being used to make other products or is it really just being sold for consumption, combustion or how is it being used? Gosh, it's being used in the lab and processing in many great ways. It does a lot of beneficial things when you cryocure the flower before it goes into extraction. And I mean any kind of extraction, solventless, solvent extraction. I mean, there's no way in the world that you can't use cryocured flower in the lab. And the end products are gorgeous. We're making uh, THCA diamond carts and the color is great. It's a great smoking experience. And I'm really looking forward. We're teaching that tech to our clients who buy our machines and they are rolling that out in their laboratories, literally as we speak now. My partner, Greg, is an incredible, incredible extraction artist, and he loves sharing his knowledge with our clients. That's amazing. All right. So people, so this is a whole new thing for just dispensary who's buying it like farms or who's actually like doing the curing yeah right now our clients are ranging in size we've got some really big multi-state operators uh joining on board with us Mm -hmm. but everybody wants to keep it as like their secret sauce so i have to sign ndas and can't say who it is but then we have other mid-sized clients and smaller clients that want us to tell the world who they are and that they are you know innovative to use this tech and Basically, I can tell you, we've got some hotbed areas that have really embraced us. And I'd like to think it's out on the East Coast because we started and showed people cryocure at the Harvest Cup about right. four years ago. I mean, it was so, at the Harvest Cup. That's where I met you. 
That's yeah. <laughs> and, oh my gosh. And since then, you know, it does take a while. A lot of facilities were being built and things like that. But once they were built, they remembered us. So we're really strong in the East Coast right now. And we figured, well, if we can make it in California, we must be doing something right. And that's our second largest market, Ohio. We just installed a machine in Jamaica. That was Ooh, incredible. Inter- international. Yeah, good. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> we just uh, sent a machine to Canada. Oh, good. Uh, we just opened an office in South Africa. There's so much interest in South Africa. Believe it or not, it's a hotbed for hemp and cannabis, so, you know, THC flower now. Yeah. And everybody feels the same way. The biggest pain point to growers, they can grow beautiful flower. And we've seen this with our own eyes, but they blow it in the drying and curing. They Mm -hmm. really do. And by that happening, that costs a lot of people in a lot of different areas from uh, consumers not enjoying it or getting the medicinal effects they should. It doesn't look the best. And when you cryo cure it, it looks exactly the same way as it did on the plant. So, so are you just like, just I, like I don't know anything about farming or drying or curing, but I know yeah. that there's always issues with mold or other things that are going on. Is that part? Does that often happen during the drying process where some of the it degradation does. happens? You, can get, you yeah. can get some bud rot going on and powdery mildew, and before people would have to destroy their crops to to get rid of it or it wasn't sellable. Our machine will actually mitigate that because it's done under vacuum. That's like being in outer space and nothing can grow or survive in that atmosphere. And so we've tested it. We've taken powdery mildew flour and put it in the machine and it's passed inspection and test. So yeah, ah, it's, it's really revolutionizing the industry. It is, but some people don't like that. You know, some uh, you people know, think we're yeah. trying to cheat the system, you know, and or they were, it's just a gimmick. And I get that. I mean, it does sound too good to be true. If someone were to tell me they invented this machine that would you could smoke cannabis right off the plant like that, I'd be like, yeah, right. You know, but I my desire, because I was working with the plant, I wanted to smoke it just like that. I wanted to taste it the way it smelled. And necessity is always the mother of invention, right? So that need and want, I went to my partner, Greg, and I said, Greg, I want to smoke this right off the plant right now. How do we do that? And he says, well, Tracy, you know, I'm not sure because it's really a tricky process. And if you ruin it, it's you've ruined your whole crop. And I said, can we put it in the microwave? And he goes, really? Uh, No. I said, food dehydrator. He's like, absolutely not way too much heat. And he said, but I did read a blurb once in Ed Rosenthal's book and Rosendahl. Yep. yeah mm-hmm. love him he said he wrote about that freeze-dried cannabis was some of the best he'd ever had but he didn't really elaborate on it hmm. and I said well if it's good enough for Ed Rosenthal maybe there's something to this absolutely and I'm an invention hunter by trade and so I know that when you google something that you feel is a great idea and it doesn't show up on google you're on to something well I googled freeze-drying cannabis nothing really came up at all. And I, that was my eureka moment is we need to really dig into this, but to buy a freeze dryer, it's a very expensive piece of equipment. And we had to make a big decision and take the big gulp on buying a $10,000 freeze dry machine. I said, if this doesn't work, I'm going to be selling fruit at the flea market forever, (laughs) you know, but it, it got it close to where it was, we saw potential but this small model machine wasn't allowing us to dial in scientifically the way we felt it needed to be to get it exactly where it should be with the right moisture and all the terpenes. Right. So we invested $50,000 into a bigger machine and that was really scary. But at the end of the day, when my giant partner, he's almost seven feet tall, sent me a video of him doing a jig in front of the machine while I was traveling, I knew he dialed it in. I couldn't get back to Michigan fast enough to try it. And when I did, I said, this is going to change everything. But it's only you and I, Greg, in Michigan. How are we going to do this? And so I just buckled in, got a hold of Danny Danko, got to meet him and show him the flower. And then I asked him to introduce us to Ed Rosenthal. And Ed was coming to Ohio for a, a show. And we asked to meet him. He said, yeah, come meet with me. And we spent the whole day with him. And he said he would not put his stamp on it unless he tried it and felt it was the real deal because he'd had other 
freeze-dried flour. He would not recommend. Mm-hmm. And when he saw ours, he said, that's it. It's like the wizard giving you a golden egg, like you found the egg, you know. And I get all choked up because it was such a moving time for us. And now Ed is a part of our company. He and we don't even pay him. I mean, he just will. And, and if you need, a, and if you need a better endorsement than that, I mean, what? That's it. All right. So if they need to get connected with you, they want to reach out to you. If they're a dispenser, oh no, if they just want to find you, what's the best way to connect with you? Cryocure.com is our website, and Tracy T R A C E E at Cryocure.com. And it'll always be in the show notes. Oh my God, Tracy, that's exciting stuff. I haven't seen you for a while. So I'm glad it's going so great. Not happening. Thanks, right. Joyce. Thanks, Thanks for, for joining having us. me. You're welcome. Good luck, Jennifer. Okay. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Trace. All right. So now back with my friend, Dr. Jennifer Kovacs. Let's see. Let's see. Sports teams. You like local sports. <laughs> <laughs> I like professional sports yeah uh, professional certain sports certain all right so yeah. cannabis cbd everything's connected to everything so how are you connected to these sports teams and how are you influencing them to maybe help their pain with some of the products you're using so you know as you know like it's kind of taken off in you know professional sports you know there's lots of football players mma soccer players golfers it seems like everybody's now got their own their own athletic line of cbd products so my dad played semi-pro hockey in college he's actually canadian he played a lot of sports he coached my soccer team growing up so i have a natural fondness for hockey and soccer so we do have a you know a local echl team here that feeds to the florida panthers i believe and the charleston checkers but and that changes but so I, we, we've been going to the games, you know, for years and, and now the team is owned, you know, they have different owners, they change hands. And I actually reached out to them and said, Hey, you know, what do I have to do to sponsor the team? And I think this could be kind of win-win because not only am I, you know, sponsoring the team and, you know, it's, it's brand awareness for me, but how about some product trade? Because yeah. this could definitely help the athletes because, you know, they have a team chiropractor, a team dentist, you know, yeah. you know, they have a whole medical team that affiliates with the team and eye doctors or anything else. So it was funny when I was introduced to the team and they were like, you know, keep it brief. Don't say a lot. And I was like, Hey, I'm Dr. Kovacs. I'm your cannabis coach. And you know, so <laughs> imagine all these like 20 something year old, you know, young athletes, like right out of college. And they all just started laughing and grinning. And I was like, I, I have the coolest job here. I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> I was like, I was like, no disrespect to the other sponsors, but you know. <laughs> Can't, and, I mean, it kind, of broke, it kind of broke the ice a little bit. Cause it was like way too tense in there. And I was just, you know, but it, you know, it does help the athletes with their recovery, their game anxiety, being able to sleep because they go on the road to play. And when your body is your job and your performance yeah. and your ability to play a sport, it definitely has an impact. So the players, you know, the first year they were, I think they were still kind of afraid okay, if that yeah, makes course. sense, but there were, you know, but once you get one or two guys that are using it, are like, no, this, it really helps. It's, it's, then they, then everybody wants mm-hmm. them, right? The coaches are using it. The coaching staff, I mean, everyone's using the product. So it started with the hockey team. And then I branched out to the men's USL League One soccer team here, the Greenville Triumph. This year is the inaugural year for the professional women's team, which is the Mm -hmm. Greenville Liberty. So I have them as well. The soccer player, it's really funny too. The two athletes, types of athletes, what products they like and what they ask. ask for. Yeah. So that, that kind of interested me, but, you know, just like with my own tincture, you know, when you have, when you have things that are, you know, have a little bit of a flavor to them or a certain profile, you know, it's just funny who like over time you see like, oh, the men really like orange and women (laughs) go to lemon. And it's just something you notice over time that what people gravitate towards. And then, you know, when you pay attention to your product line or yep. you know what people what people ask for and and god help us everybody loves a gummy i mean i, I was gummy not thing, a yeah. the gummy i did not have a gummy in my line to start with because i was like that's counterintuitive to what i do i have diabetic patients i'm not going to throw sugar at them so you you know so then you have to develop something that doesn't you know isn't counterintuitive to your profession Right. But you're giving the people what they're asking for. But yeah, everybody, bottom line is everyone wants an edible. <laughs> All right. The gum, I, I have a whole discussion. The whole gummy thing. Like I actually do like gummies, but, but it's true. I mean, sugar. And I have a friend who's been taking chocolates and, but for medicine, I'm like, you got to start taking a tincture or at least try a vape because she, it's not that she feels bad about taking the cannabis. She feels bad about eating the chocolate. 
So I'm like, yeah, but well, <laughs> and really the, the chocolate, you know, anything that has a little, you know, the fat helps, helps you absorb those cannabinoids. So that's why they say, you know, ice cream or, you know, right. milk or chocolate, even that's actually yeah. a really good medium. Yeah. Um, but uh, what I hear, you know, from different folks is that they're sick of the, the gummies, like the sweetness, like they're, people are actually looking for more savory Mm-hmm. type edibles right now but see I, i'm not i'm not in production or you know i'm not in that kind of space but i'm thinking okay if i if i do something else it's not going to be in the gummy side of things you know it's going to be more it could be something for a meal i don't know i, have, I haven't gotten to a meal yet either and you do do some pet products i have gotten the cbd treats for my pets yes. so those are available as well and you know it's just everyone has something that they can have feel better so one more thing before we finish um so a show is not complete without me talking about feminine intimate care because Dave loves this subject. <laughs> so a Boy, lot of my... Yeah, I was looking forward to this. <laughs> Isn't it win-win for Dave? I mean, but, he's, yeah, I don't know. he's learning a lot. Okay. <laughs> if nothing else, yes. Uh, so I know you are adding to this important market. I know a lot of my other female friends who are creating products are talking about this. So what are you seeing that women are asking for and what are you looking to um, create to help your community? So definitely, you know, as, as we, we age, it's, it's kind of a menopausal thing, you know, while they might be ingesting cannabis, you know, to try to help with the hormone balance. I mean, you see women taking yams and getting hormone replacement, things like that to help. It's, it's a massage oil with its full spectrum and it's also doubles as a lubricant. So I, I'm kind of, I was, you know, it's, you know, you have friends and you're like, Hey, I'm creating some lube. Do you want some? <laughs> they're <laughs> like, like, of course. You- yeah. And then, and then like two weeks later, I'm like, so how, how's the stuff? Like, did, did you use it a timer 10? Tell me about that. You know, <laughs> tell me how much you had sex this week, please. I'm, I'm having my breakfast. Well, that's why I gave them like three <laughs> weeks to a month because I was like, yeah, no pressure, but can you get it on a little bit so I can beta test my, my loop? <laughs> <laughs> Although I have heard that we're having less sex. I heard a study about this, so I don't know what's going on with the pandemic people have been. So this might be helping. Hopefully, hopefully we can encourage it. Well, you know, if it was a men's product, it would be like off the shelf already, because, you know? But uh, women's, I mean, I'm not, I'm not hating on men. I'm just saying like, if it was like, you know, cannabis Viagra, um, Mm. it would already be a thing. (laughs) All right. So were people asking for this or is this something that you thought just, I mean, we talked to a lot of, Jen and I talk on Clubhouse a lot. So it was like a conversation. Well, you know, you know, if it's, it's funny how, you know, we're, if it's female propelled, you know, and, and we're the caretakers and women very rarely stop to take care of themselves. And we talk, you know, you see hashtag self care and self love and, you know, okay, yeah, here's a bath bomb. Like, it was like, that was it for us? Was a bath yeah. bomb? Come on. <laughs> so, you know, that we have other issues. We have other things going on, you know, and then I was, you know, also like the skincare is happening. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we're going to, now we're getting into like the female intimacy products, which is all just to help us cope with what's going on. Just to um, make us feel okay. Um, I mean, so what are you, are you doing like Tupperware part? Like, how are you engaging women in your community? I, I know you have the pharmacy and the product line, but what else are you doing with your people that you know to engage so believe it or not you know the can of boomers are are really interested in what's happening here so i talk a lot at senior centers that that, that is the perfect place that is the perfect place to be talking about well and and i I, and you know and and having you know being a pharmacist that does bring some credibility to it so they will actually listen and they know they can ask you those questions about their disease states about their medications they feel a lot more comfortable so you're bringing some validity not, not that there's not already validity to it, but they feel more comfortable discussing it. So they're like, okay, well, if you can explain the science, not that they're interested in the science or the receptors, but they're like, okay, if this person thinks there's something to it and my friend used it and said their knee doesn't hurt anymore, well, let me listen. And then I had done an elective. There's the Osher Lifelong Learning Institute, which is part of Furman University here in Greenville. And it's a liberal arts college and a lot of professionals can sign up to do like continuing education on anything. Right. So they asked me if I would do an elective on like, you know, intro to CBD, what it is, how it's farmed, like just the basics for like an hour. Well, that, that elective they said was the most, the highest attended elective that they ever had. It was like 180 listeners, 180 people on a zoom call. And I didn't know how many people were on the call. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just like clicked in and did my thing. 
And then an hour and a half later, I'm like, still, it, it was like an hour presentation, 45 minutes later, I'm still answering questions. And I'm like, okay, I have to, wow. I have to go back to work. Let's, <laughs> I was like, let me do a series or something for you. Wow. But in, the, but in the beginning, when, you know, when I, when I do the presentations, you know, it was more like, let me just get the information out there. You know, I, I wasn't charging to be a speaker or, you know, you know, they'd send me a $10 gift card and some flowers and say, Hey, thanks for doing the presentation. <laughs> but it was more important that I, you know, either someone started entertaining the idea of using cannabis, that it was safe. You know, I can discuss it with, if my doctor doesn't know, then find another healthcare professional that is, you know, in the space and, you know, doing the learning and understands and can help you and can guide you a little bit. It, it's changing a lot now, you know, now you're having these providers that will do have courses and, you know, they'll, they'll do the consultations for you. The nurses, the pharmacists, the doctors, like they're, they're in the space. You you just have to look for them. And here you are. I mean, my God. Okay. So South, again, we talk about, this is so weirdly state specific. So Massachusetts is a whole different world to South Carolina, but across the country, we have women doing this work at all different levels. And Dr. Jen's doing it down in South Carolina and influencing the industry because I mean, the politicians are followers, obviously, because everybody else wants this. So doing what we can with what we have, where we are. That's exactly what you're doing, my friend. All right. So if people want to connect with you, find your products online, how do they reach you? It's Healing Leaf SC, like South Carolina.com would be my website. I'm currently revamping my website, <laughs> but it's still, it's, you can still access it. Because everything. she doesn't have enough going on. She just thought, that yeah, something I'll do. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't have enough. <laughs> and she's a um, mom. I didn't even talk about the mom thing. So yeah, it's everything. Yeah. yeah. I, have a little, I have a seven-year-old daughter and mm-hmm. she's my, my world. So yeah, I'm, I'm actually hoping that one day it's just, I can just, you know, talk about cannabis and play, you know, take my daughter out. <laughs> that's, that's all I want to do. It's a dream. All right. So if they want to reach you uh, through the website and anything coming up where you're going to be, where people can find you. Uh, I'm trying to think currently. No, I mean, I'm usually at the soccer game. I mean, I'm, like I said, I'm promoting my teams. I think there is a CBD conference happening. The second annual world CBD conference, which is May 4th and 5th. I mean, I'll probably put more information out about that. They, they asked me to speak. I just kind of committed to that. So oh, good. I'll like, Hopefully I'll, I'll be on that too. And on Clubhouse every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday with Khadijah Adams, because that's where we have formed this amazing community. So thank you so much, Dr. Jennifer. And thank you, Tracy, for joining us today. Another show. So for my guests and my Canabro, David Yaz, and of course, our Canamom show team, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the Canamom show, where we are on a mission to enhance the impact women have on the emerging cannabis industry by sharing and preserving their stories of love, kindness, wisdom, and hope. Thank you for following and sharing the inspiring stories of the women building this new industry. So together we can crush the stigma around cannabis and caregivers. I'm your host, Joyce Gerber. This is the Canamom show, and we are a production of Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, I'm Gary, and I invite you to discover the Cannabis Podcast, a bi-weekly podcast focused on a Canadian's cannabis culture. I would be the Canadian, and my cannabis passion and culture has been building for five decades. I share that passion for this wonderful plant in every episode, through conversations with cannabis advocates and enthusiasts, stories about the ever-changing legal environment, and some hands-on testing of product in a segment I call Cultivar Corner. The Cannabis Podcast, a Canadian's cannabis culture, one toke at a time.